Hey there, welcome to the More Simple Podcast. My name is Mo. I created this podcast as a resource for Blacks, Asians, and those who love them to share stories and processes and build community around important issues. On this show, you get to hear amazing stories from people like you who show us how to get more out of life. The stories featured on this platform are by people whose journey I'm inspired by, and most importantly, people who have been courageous and vulnerable to be open about their life stories. And I hope that in turn, you'll find these stories inspiring. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. And today I am very excited to bring this person on the podcast. I found out about them through Patricia. Patricia, I'm all like, I'm not saying her last name. So, anyways, also, <laughs> shout out to Patricia through the solid connection. And when I first heard about her, I was a little bit blown away because the avenue I got to know about her was through sex. Let me explain. I was putting out a <laughs> sex conference out there and I wanted to have a therapist to come and just talk about sex in a very bold way that will blow us blow our minds away in a very you know respectful way because it was supposed to be a christian conference and so when patricia sends me a flyer of her erotas lounge i was like she's christian you know because you know when we talk about sex in church the way we talk about it is like clothes covered everybody like your body's covered you know do it in a very kosher way and in talking to her there's just this boldness she has and she's so unapologetically Christian and her love for the Father, like you can just see ooh from her. And so to have someone, you know, who professes her faith publicly, being unabashed about sex, I was like, huh, where have you been all my life? Yes. So um, if you didn't attend that sex conference, you missed out a lot. Because she's she was so good and she is that good that I'm putting myself out there. Myself and my husband, we've actually been doing some private sessions with her as a, as a sex therapist. Because, you know, you just never, you never know what you know until you don't know what you know. I don't know if I said that well. But yes, um, this is this person. And today we're going to be talking about her life story. And to say that I, I'm deeply honored to have her share her story, I don't mean words. Because this woman is a working story. She's full of so many life lessons. And I, I have put myself, you know, inside out to be able to learn a lot. And I hope that even those that are listening, regarding of where you are in life, regarding, of, regarding where your situation is currently right now, mm-hmm. and some lessons or two you can take from her story. Mm-hmm. So her name is Olainka Favor Alaka. She's a chartered secretary with a first degree in actuarial science from the University of Lagos. That's your first choice. She currently works with Altera Capital, where she manages the Lagos offices as a yeah. facility manager. She also manages people, manages projects. Before she joined them, she used to work with um, Kala Group and Helios Investment Partners. She also runs an event, event, event management company called Pushofa Concepts. She's a certified sex coach and a life team coach. I can talk greatly about a certified sex coach. And um, she also serves as a logistics Team Lead for Solid Foundation Ministry, a teenager-based Christian NGO. And her passion, her passion and vision in life is to influence her generation and become a voice and a force to reckon with. She loves to sing, dance, read, and watch movies. Everyone, please join me in welcoming Ola Yinka, or I'll call her Yinka from now on to the podcast. Hello, lady. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all... Hello again. Let's do hello. I see we haven't been doing hello like, you know, for the past okay. 14 minutes. 
Oh, wow. This is the day. It oh. has finally come. This has been since yes. April, like, you know, trying to, like, find the time in the words and getting ready, getting the story together to kind of, like, you know, just have that release to do it. But I'm really, really excited to, you know, share your story today. So, um, let's start with the first principles, like the basic things. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up, how you grew up, what your family dynamic was like? Mm. So I think my, my first introduction usually would be, my name is Olaika Febo Alaka. I'm the last of six children. I think I embrace that with all um, humility. I'm born into the family of um, late Chief Jeo Alaka and Mrs. Arti Alaka. My father is, um, used to be a polygamist. So my mom is the only legal, legally married woman that he had. Yeah, so I was born in Ibadan, but we later on went to Elisha. So I grew up in Elisha. As um, I went to Francisca Nazarene Primary School in Elisha. I was the head girl in Elisha. We didn't have so much money like that because at some point mommy had to leave Leventis Foundation. She she she's a retired lecturer with, uh, with an agricultural school. She did agriculture, but she's also a mathematician. I remember her, you know, uh, marking WIAC um, results, you know, bringing WIAC papers to, to the house. So she's a disciplinarian. Um, she's a lover of God. I'm going to have to say that because a part of that had formed who we are, even as our children. So like I mentioned, we're six, but my father has like 17 or 18 children. Whoa. I will need to confirm that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember hey, that if you if your dad is a, a lacka, please come and sign the register here so we can get the final count. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to say we used to say that oh, we are eighteen children plus X. X, is, X is a number you know greater than increasing, one but less exactly. than ten. Increasing into yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So um, so from primary school, you know, one of, I was I, I won't say I'm one of the first um, first five in class. I was never looking for so I'm one of, I'm not one of the others that say I, I came first off. No, I knew my place. I wasn't looking for number one. I was really looking for Yeka. Can you just be promoted to to another class without issues? But primary six was a defining year for me. I was stressed on that year because some of my mates had gone. You know how we just literally just jump classes yeah. from primary five to like double promotion, um, <laughs> yes, to like just one. But because of who my mother is, she she will tell you you're not jumping any class. <laughs> you're going to do all the classes. So in primary in primary six, all the first, second, third students had moved, and then for the first time in my entire life, I came first position. It was was crazy. I remember the day that I was called out to be the, what they call it now, egg girl. I was like, how? Where? Where is it coming from? But there was something that did to me. I had some leadership traits I didn't know I had. Mm. So I could influence a whole team. When I entered GS1, mm-hmm. it was a girls only school. I was bullied. Imagine a vibrant child entering into secondary school with that vibrancy and energy, and they bullied it. And I became a a gentle girl. 
myself, yes, my self-esteem was on the ground, coupled with the fact that there was no money. So it was just literally just eating from hand to mouth. You know, I used to look forward to going to secondary school because I see how my mother used to pack provisions, first set, second set, third set. That's the way we call it inside Ghana school. So SS1 things started to get better. I, you know, I, I remember entering school with a new mattress, a new uh, set of uniform, you know, had my sandals, I had my, I had money. I was ready to take over the world, you know. Blessed one came, babe, struggle is an understatement. Even to today, my style was still abusing me. <laughs> what can you remember in physics? I say velocity. <laughs> you can't, you can't remember power or force. I say I don't know. Power, force. It's, it's like you are speaking gibberish. As in, you understand it. Chemistry. Chemistry for me was la crème la pomme. As much as you can have in your head your points, I was good with chemistry. Biology was part of the body. So maybe that was the science that God had already showed me that I was going to be a sex therapist. Biology was not a big deal for me. It was, ah, well, I don't need to cram. Yeah, mathematics was inborn. So when they are doing maths, I'm at, this, at the art class. We are playing. You know, art class can be very jivey and lively. That was who I am. Anyway, so by the time I got to SS2, I was getting 15 physics. I was just trying my best just to make sure that I'm not going to repeat this class. So <laughs> I can't repeat this class. <laughs> so I went to meet mommy. To say this science. <laughs> it's a good time to just generally just move whether to um, commercial or art and just get my acts right. She said, I know, it's a friend that, and I then I used to have a friend. She's in our class. Dolako, it's a friend that you're following that I want to make you to go to art class. No. So cut my long story short. I did it though. I did it in Waek. I let me thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me just praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Also for my Waek, it was all C. <laughs> Unashamedly. Charlie, Charlie. <laughs> I did exam. I passed. My name came out without knowing one person. Yeah. Then that before then, my star asked me, "Can what code you want to do?" I said, "Me, I cannot do medicine. <laughs> I can't sit down for a long time." I'm sure from the small interaction you had, you can guess the kind of personality I have. Yeah. Yeah. Can I sit down and be reading all those big books? <laughs> my brain is too small. I'm like a child. Go to work. So she now mentioned actuarial science. We now started to Google because I had to look for a course that was not pure science but or then, pure heart yeah. because I didn't want to do. Because they asked me, "Am I going to do work again?" I said, "No, it's a work again." And let us look at neck piece. And then I had done um, GC a oh, year yeah. before. GC, but I'm a baby. I had three or four papers. You know, I used to tell people. Some of us don't like book, but it's to sell something, a service that I know that God has got to sell it. I don't need book. You know, so that was how we got across um, actual sense. Let me stop there. I think I've said a lot. Ah, no. Yeah, I've yeah. Let's that a little. So I can imagine that being the last born in a family with such a, um, like a rich lineage of kids and all that, it probably put you on the spot in a way. Like you were, you, you had to be noticed. Would you say that affected your personality in a way or 
if anything it has the opposite effect on you so i would say while growing up i used to think a lot of people didn't like me especially my siblings because at the last one you were doing all the work but guess what while you were growing up they were doing all the work as well yeah but but you didn't see you or you didn't have an understanding of what they were doing yeah. so i would say to a certain degree when i go to school school was a freedom for me mm. to be able to express myself okay. to be able to be wired but once i get back home i used to be a sadist mm. so i tell people i used to have a lot of fault lines here thank um, thank god for skincare and i got that just squeezing my face mm. as a child not so i remember every christmas i used to cry why you know and that for me was like a manipulative um, tool for my mom Mm. So she would just be saying, uh, kill more fair. And then we, my mom and myself didn't have a good relationship while growing up. Mm. We started having better relationship while I entered the University of Lagos. Wow. Because I started to take God better. I was like, why you rededicate your life to Christ? And my siblings just literally called me to say, mommy is 60 now. You need to give her peace of mind. Mm. So I wrote a long note apologizing mm. for my childhood um, shake tantrums and everything you did exactly you know so but i would say being the last one has its pros and cons and so what i know now i'm not sure my siblings know in terms of just interacting with people just ensuring that you know you are telling a child why you are doing the things that you're doing my Mm -hmm. mom would not explain to you my mom would just draw a circle and beat you (laughs) yeah so for instance when i started menstruating i didn't tell my mom you're afraid? No, we just didn't have the relationship. Mm. I'd known about menstruation from like age nine. So, jai mm. not in a bad sense, but yeah, but you I were was very wise. Yeah, exactly. So, you had that kind of knowledge. I understand what yeah. you mean. You just knew things, even though you didn't do exactly. And then in my secondary school, sorry, I'm taking us back. So, when people had issues with sex or when people wanted to start having sex, it was me they, they come to, to say, <laughs> really? I, Yes. You know, so I would advise the use of condoms and all that. You but were that open like, in secondary school? Yes. Yes, I was. What, what, okay, what, what breath that experience? Because, you know, I'm Nigerian and I know that people have sex a lot, but we don't really talk about it openly. What, what, what gave you that, I want to say, carte blanche, exp- ex- that carte blanche um, mentality when it came to sex at, th- at a very tender age? Okay. I gave my life to Christ in 1994. How old were you then? Were you at age 11? Okay. I was just October 26. That was when I walked out Victory Life Ministries in Elisha to give my life to Christ. My sister was one person that um, influenced that. I'm going to say this because her lifestyle at home, and because you know we're in a polygamous family. Yeah. I just saw her life. Her life was smooth. Quote and unquote. She entered university at age 14, finished at age 18, service at, uh, finished service at 19. I don't know how my mother did it, but her life was just in front. And so I, I see her come home speaking in tongues, praying. Ah, like maybe I need to also give my life to Christ to so make sure that my life is in a better place. So, but by the time, like I mentioned, I entered secondary school, my self-esteem was dwindling. Yeah. It was getting to the floor. I didn't used to go for service, but I knew the scriptures a bit. I understood the scripture. But by the time I got to SS1, I didn't want a situation where they will 
um, they will just say like uh, all those born again you know how those born again work yeah. i didn't want that i wanted a situation where i would be pleasing to the unbelievers and at the same time i would still rock as a christian yeah like i mentioned i used to sing and i remember when i'm leading praise the whole place is just charged up charged up there's a particular girl that i think learned from me she's like a praise worship leader in winners the day she told me i was almost in tears because i literally wow. took her by the hand to say her name is toby this is what you do this is what you do. and that was it for me so i like i said i wanted to be pleasing like you're sitting on the fence you didn't want to say and for me yes sex was not bad so a lot of people thought because i used to then we had moved to lagos that i used to come to lagos i was the happening babe i had like four boyfriends i didn't have one toaster because they, my mother would not see even you see a man with you i'm on local streets so for me the fear of god and the fear of my mother was the beginning of wisdom so what i could not do in 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 practical you i did in theory mm, yes mm, i had a word you know so in as much as i was talking about abstinence i'm like ah, if you really want to do it you can do it just make sure you do it with a condom so i look back and i say like you should have preached the gospel more you should have just used that because people listen to me yeah. should have used that bit of influence to project more hey, about but that was god. the past you know even even Paul yes. had his soul experience we're not going to go exactly with that. Yes, yes. Right. So that's thank it. Thank you, thank you for that. Um so another thing you do is you know, um you work with teenagers now, right? I was still going to yes. go to the sex work because I really want to explore a lot about it. Okay. Well, how did that come about about like can you share work with teenagers? What did you see as a gap that needed to be filled in that youth ministry? and especially focusing on your ministry called Olayin Katin's help. Okay. So, because of the struggles I had as a teenager, at some point I wanted to kill myself because I felt people didn't like me. I literally went to pack drugs. At some point I I walked away from home. You know, but the, the way I walked out was the way I came back because there was no place to to go. Then you were gone. You didn't know you were gone. They didn't know. They didn't even notice. Who the most painful part? <laughs> they didn't even notice. You know, at some point, I thought my mom was not my mom because mm. she was, in my own words, that she was too disciplined. But I look back, and I'm grateful for the discipline. It might have been done differently now because we know better, huh? So I, I, let me say this. Permit me to say this. So there's no amount of strokes I get in school that will bring a tear. to my high because my mother <laughs> has done you know so i literally just do like this when teacher is beating me then continue when they are finished i do like this i can't even really my mom was the total opposite of that my dad on the other hand you know so it sounds like your mom my i just can't comprehend my mom being like that with me my dad did all of the beating and discipline my mom is just a totally different person Yeah so I'm trying to remember the question again I hope about I your, your teenage teenage ministry so okay, so I didn't want them to go through what I had gone through and you know when God is taking and I don't know how to explain when something is your cause you don't have to fight it you don't have to prove it so even if they put you in the midst of non-teenagers you are still going to talk like a teenager you are still going to reach out like a teenager so i remember as a young person i was made like the head of teens church 
you know and at as younger as young as as I was I was getting like um I don't know when pastors get um, invitation. I was getting invitation to come and talk to people. Mm. And most times, guess what? What they ask me to talk about is February 14. Love. <laughs> so, and sex. Uh, premarital sex. So, when people were not bold enough to pronounce sex, I call it sex and I'm just comfortable. Pornography. A lot of people were not, you know, so pornography was very... You remember in those days that people oh, yeah. were not bold about it. So, yeah. I was one of the few people to talk about Even it. Even masturbation and all that. Exactly. So when you're mentioning masturbation, they're like, no, you better let things get into the hands of the children. I said these children already know more than you. <laughs> so it's for you to understand and tell them, you know. And I don't tell people no. What I try and tell you is read the scripture. Get the answers that you need yourself. All I can do is guide you. The person that does the conviction is the Holy Spirit. I don't do the job of the Holy Spirit. I'll just guide you. So I at that young age, I was known for something like that or when they are talking about the beauty of God the glory of God because I had gone through it because I had gone through low self-esteem I wanted to help somebody else to say the fact that you are like this does not mean that's where you are going to be so when I when I'm talking now a lot of people can't even relate the fact that I had low self-esteem and I said I found myself in the scripture and I had great mentors so it's not mentors that are on the television Mentors that are life in person. in person that could literally just hold you by the hand. You need somebody like that. So mm. I, I wanted to be that person for teenagers. And growing up, we didn't have a lot of things that we had for teenagers. Oh. I didn't go to a teen church, for example. Mm. But I remember when I saw the gap, even preteens class, because their psyche is different. You can't merge preteens and teenagers together. You can't. Maybe, and that's one thing Solid taught me. I went to Solid Camp a long time ago as a teenager. Yeah. So I was just looking for an opportunity to give back mm. to the young people and be be that auntie that you could tell anything. Mm, mm. Yeah, so that that, is, that's what... That, that's, that's amazing you mentioned that because I feel like for a lot of us who have gone through, you know, life-changing experience, like the, what you've gone through and, you know, grasping with low self-esteem and all of you know, your challenges, the easiest thing is just to keep it all bottled inside and, you know, sometimes let that filtering our life experiences throw those bad things. You took it and then you turn it around, you know, sharing your story and helping others say, the person you see right now, I know you see this glamorous person, but here's all the things I've had to overcome and you too can do this. And I think that's the beauty and that's the lesson I want to draw from what you just said for anyone listening to this. Whatever I think is your pain point or something that is holding you back, remember that there's always a way out. And one day, you two can share your story. Maybe not in the same platform and in the same way. I take this podcast as an opportunity for me as well to be able to share stories. Because, you know, I have gone through a lot of transformation as well. And so here's my hope for you listening. That regardless of what you're going through, you can still find a way to share that story. You can take all of that and encourage somebody else. And I think that's what makes the world a better place because we're so used to glamorous you know, the glamour of life you know people shining which you know those things aren't bad in fact they're wonderful but then you need to also hear the backstory because you learn to appreciate you know the full story better mm-hmm. so thank you absolutely the last question i had on that is teenage ministries so if you were to give us like examples and of the impact your work has had so far can you share any transformation story of some of the young people you've worked with mm. Most of the stories come out after you helped them, not knowing how you have helped them. And those but are one the thing best. I <laughs> Exactly. One thing I literally tell people, 
you don't tell people how to live. You show your life. You use your life as the medium or the tool to teach people how to live. So going by what uh, Paul said in the Bible, and I don't think, maybe it's not Paul, when he was saying that the unbelievers don't read their Bibles, what they read is you. So I have an adopted son. How did he become adopted? Like you legit adopted him? I went not legit. Okay. But when he's writing a documentation, he's putting me as adopted mom. Yes. So he, he had been calling me mommy a long time ago. I had to come to, okay, let me call him son because you don't want him rejected. Yeah. And he knows I really care about him. So it's not a matter of mouth. I try and do the things that mothers do. Is his mom alive? Yes. He has mom and dad. So I remember, not I remember, he's the one telling me, just going to teach in church church. And then, in as much as I can be lovey-dovey, the Bible says the rod and the staff. What I show you first is the rod. If you can withstand the rod, I will pamper you. I'm a very soft person, but you wouldn't get to know. Because what you see here is that... Oh, I, can I, can see right I can see right through you. I can see right through So, I, he said that I came to class that day and I said, if you don't have a Bible and uh, a jota, please stand. And then he didn't have a Bible and a jota. And that was how I picked on him. And I made it a point of duty to just ask him questions. So, I was literally using my life to teach him. And I didn't know... And so I would, I would just get to, to church one day, ask him questions, who are your friends, who are your associations, and then pray with him, you know, rededicate his life to Christ. I didn't know. Me, I was just doing, you know, fagra, just make sure that people are in the right place. You are not Jesus, but you can help people. Mm-hmm. That's it. But apparently, he was going through some vices. And God, you know, using me, helped him overcome those vices. Mm. He came to church, you know, changed his association and he became a better person. So I remember him when he was talking about mommy does not have money to go to school. And I'm not saying this. I'm saying this with all humility and all. I tell him, I said, if I don't do it, somebody else will do it. So Emmanuel Kafa is like one of those children, one of those teenagers then because he's like, he's in his mid-twenties, yeah? Now, so he's doing wonders. And then he will literally come come back and say, you taught me. Uh, that humbles me. Uh, he, so I was not, I was, I don't, I'm not teaching the word. I'm, I'm asking God to use my life to teach God. I want people to be able to say that's Jesus in online classroom. That mm. is Jesus in online classroom. Not, not because I want to be blown away, but I want my life to be like a reading testament to you and to myself. Because all we are doing is making sure we get to heaven. But don't go to heaven alone. Take somebody along. Mm. Heaven starts here on earth. If you cannot give people heaven here, you can't tell them about heaven on the other side. That so that so, was... That is so... That's so amazing. when they are telling me about the stories now, I'm in awe because I didn't know when I was doing those things. Mm. I was just being a practical Christian, saying, God, who are you sending me to? Who do I need to help as a young person? I like that. I think it also goes back to the point I made earlier from what you shared is, you know, how can I use my story to help others as well? Absolutely. Fantastic. Um, now let's go back to sex, which we, we're going to use to round off this section. <laughs> go back to sex. 
So, like okay. I made that disclosure, and I know you wouldn't have said that if I didn't mention it. We we are your clients. Myself and Tito are your clients. And as queasy and as um, different it has been to talk to a third party about you know our sex lives, I think you have a gift of making it okay because you come with this boldness and this frankness. Like, there's nothing you can share with me that's gonna chase me away. And you like to like bring out the story and you know find ways you know partners can really enjoy themselves better and i love that about you so this is like a plug for your services um but i'm just curious to know what has been the general response of people to the idea of sharing their sexual affairs with you know a third party like you hmm. uh, okay like a lot of people have asked me i'm going to answer this question in two forms okay how did you get into sex therapy and i tell them sex therapy actually called me <laughs> was not something that I was looking forward to maybe like five years ago was not was not clear but this is it I am learning graces in life more so the grace you have I don't have it but like I always say and and this is to the glory of God I don't take the grace that he has given me for granted so people want to talk to me I don't know what I carry, but some people say I have the heart of a child. Mm. They can see that. Uh, so I, I sometimes I don't know how to explain it, but there's something that is clear, even to me, is grace. It's the grace of God. And I take everything in my life very spiritual. So even before we started this. Mm-hmm. I know I was saying, God, I know that it's not a preaching something, but you know that I can't do this by myself. Yeah. So, and I'm also learning. So it's not as if I'm there. I'm there. Like Paul said, I'm not arrived. I'm still in the water trying to learn how to swim. Yeah. But it's just understanding that every aspect of your life does not belong to you. And so just a five seconds to say, God, let me say the right thing. You can actually say the question that is disturbing that person. You not knowing, or you actually share something that you don't know. I am a very vulnerable person, unapologetically vulnerable, because you can't let the Holy Spirit lead you if you are not vulnerable. Mm. So that girl that sat beside me, it was a nudging I had to say, break the ice, say something to her. I was reluctant. Because that part, like you mentioned, is something that, especially Christian, is like, when they are talking about sex, it's not in the Bible. It's like, God did not create it. We are very frantic about it. You know, but God has not given me the spirit of fear. You know, so even at work, some people call me a lioness because I'm like, I'm a child of God. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> there's no place. There's nothing I can't really talk about by the grace of God. So I think I recognize the grace and I, I, I remain, you know, I launch onto the source to just continually help me. I love that. And I think in addition to your grace, you also forgot to mention there's a calling on your life. And with that calling comes the grace of God. Because people can try to imitate what you're doing without having to... Because mimicry, you know, it's just, that's like a low-level emotion, um, low-level functioning right there. But mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a calling behind that. And he who yes. called you... You know, it's faithful enough to complete that work that has started that that has been started in you. So thanks for sharing that.
you know that podcast is going mainstream and that there are many people all over the world listening to podcasts daily? For example, in the US alone, one in every three persons listen to at least one podcast every month. Well, that's a lot of people. Do you also know that podcast listeners tend to be more loyal, affluent, and educated? Speaking of these retro qualities, did you also know that on a monthly basis, thousands of people all over the world listen to the Mossible podcast? Hmm. Well, do you have a business, service, event, or product you would love loyal, affluent, and educated listeners to hear about? Then look no further. To promote your services on the podcast, send an email to talktomo at mossible.com today. Or you can visit our website at www.mossible.com. That is www.mosibyl.com. So, a little bit of a disclosure here for those that don't know this. You are currently divorced, right? And I think one of the questions... Let me say it like I say it. Okay, how do you say it? I am happy. Happily divorced. Okay. Happily divorced. And um, as as a divorcee, I think one of the questions I want to ask is that how do you respond to sex coaching from someone who's not currently married? Is there like a critique in your in your head that goes like, what can I even really share with people if they if they actually they find out that you're no longer married at the moment? Do you still have that boldness to go on or in fact, if anything, it's helped you be more vulnerable with your clients? Um I, I didn't start Erotas formally until this year. Formally as in going on social media. I was doing it at the corner of my house. But I didn't start formally. You know why? Why? Because of this question that you just asked. Mm. You know, but I started off this year telling God I was going to walk on waters. I can't say I want to bring somebody to the knowing of better sex if I'm sitting in the corner of my room. Mm. So you know what I did? Okay. And I've been planning it for a long time. I got certified. Whoa. <laughs> I went for my exams. You know, I got an 100%. Wow. For someone that doesn't like book, that's amazeballs. Sex to me is not book. <laughs> Am I being normal? <laughs> it's it's a passion. So I tell people, there's no scripture I can't turn to sex. There's blowjob in Song of Solomon. Yeah, yes. so your boobs are whatever the taste of your exactly. How would you taste something if you don't put it in your mouth? <gasps> so true. Thank you. The Bible is so complete. So. I so much, I, drama, Korean drama in the Bible. I have to check. Sorry, go I ahead. I, <laughs> <laughs> so, I tell people, I said, the things I teach, and please, you can bear me with this, they're all embedded in the scriptures. Mm-hmm. But what, um, what schooling does to you, what education does to you is to help you, you know, sharpen it and give you the boldness. So when people are coming from the corner of, oh, you're divorced, what authority do you have? Mm-hmm. I'm certified. There you go. And I've been, see, forget certified, I've been called. I will even leave the call for you to find out. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. Thank you. For so, that. and 
I will say you can go to Eretta's Land today. That's a series we're doing on on it today. We're talking about um, the the taste of your smell. It's going to be a series. It's not a video yet. Taste of your smell. Wow. Yes. That's, that's so. And um, like I always say, we brought it out from the scripture. So in as much as you want to, so a lot of times what I've done will dwell on the fact that I was that I was divorced. What authority do you have? Hmm. I have the mind of Christ. So look at it like if this is the tool that God wants to use to make sure that you get, um, you have a better lovemaking session in your home. Can you yeah. look past the mess and get through to the message? Hmm. So I tell you from onset, I'm a mess. I'm not coming to you that I'm all that. I'm a mess. But I know that God has a message through this mess for you. Can hmm. you look past it? Hmm. I like that. If I, if my therapist, I had, a, I have a therapist currently, you know, for my mental health and she's that open with me. She even told me she goes to therapy and you'll be amazed how much I feel more connected with her because in exploring, you know, mental health issues. I know she's coming when she tells me things and encourages me. I know she's coming from a place of her personal experience. And I want to also encourage those that are maybe in the business of serving people. There's something about vulnerability. It's a strength. Yeah. You know, it's not a weakness to express that and see how you can even serve others better. But then showing them, because for them to have approached you for that services, there's something they see, they see in you. And if somebody takes your vulnerability and turns it, you know, as a way to attack you, they're not for you in any ways. But I've always found vulnerability really sexy. I know it's difficult to exude, but the people I've really connected with is because they're vulnerable and I can feel safe and free to like share myself with them. So that's just um, an encouragement out there. And I think another thing I want to bring out of this is that for those that are listening to this as well, and if you are in the service of people, say you've gone through something that is in conflict with what you're serving. So in, in this case, you know, a divorce talking about sex is already a red flag or a conflict of interest take that and run with it and be open about it you know that you've gone through whatever experience doesn't mean that you you, you are qualified or certified to talk about those kind of things like i have a friend right now she wants to go into relationships but she's never really been married and she goes like you know i don't know i'm like no you're very good like you have helped me a lot with my marriage and i see that calling in you don't let you not being married detracts you from not being able to like you know pursue what god has put in your hand so quickly i'm just for that my friend can you speak something to her after that i i I mean i think she has a gift for helping relationships especially people to see through conflict and communicate better for someone like that i still sit on the fence because you know i don't think i'm you know certified because i'm not married i don't people asking me oh someone that's not married talking about relationships what kind of words can you encourage people like that so I will tell her what I tell myself, and it's a it's a it's a quote. God does not call the qualified; He qualifies the called. So I want her to unpack that statement. So and she can also take a cue from Paul. So what was Paul uh, married? Paul in the Bible? He wasn't married, <laughs> but he, he he dished out a lot of things on marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So I know, and then she should not. How do I explain? You know, like. Um, Satan was telling Jesus, if you are the son of man, turn the stone to bread. Yeah. You don't need to prove a point to anybody. Mm. If God has called you to do that which you, you are saying God has called you to do. Mm. Results will show. Mm. Mm. Results will show over time whether you are called or you think that you are called. 
So she should take it one day at a time, and which is what I did. Yeah. So when people are asking, I said, "By God's grace, God has helped me to help this, 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 this." I don't even need to tell you. I don't even need to prove a point to you. But if God has directed your path to my path, you will not live the same way you came. Hallelujah. Thank so you. So the question that. is, she should ask herself, "Who is God sending me to?" Mm. She should take it like that. So I literally also say, "God, who are the couples you are sending me to?" Because not every couple is your couple. Not every relationship is a relationship. Who is God calling me to? Mm. So I've seen some people that have liked my post. They, you know, they have um, They, you don't even have to have a session with me by the grace of God. But if you can go through what we put on Erota's Lounge on Instagram by the grace of God, if you do them, you will see a change in your relationship. So I'm not. We are not here to prove a point. We want to deliver results. There you go. Thank you for that. And um, is there a meeting point for all of your expressions? So you coach married people, your teenage ministry, your teenage ministry, your nine to five job, and your event company. What is the intersectionality? Do they do they have like a confluence point? Or is your multiple confluence point is Jesus Christ? <laughs> all right, I'll take that. Confluence point, <laughs> Holy Spirit. I'll take that. Confluence point is reaching out to people mm-hmm. making their life better don't lead them the same way you met them mm. you know legacy is different from uh, inheritance i just mm. left learned that recently which is the truth legacy is what you leave with people inheritance is what you give them after you are dead mm. i'm not ready i'm not here to give inheritance <laughs> yeah. i want to leave my foot in the sands of time yeah they said people will not skinny come about how you feel, but they can talk about how you make them, make them feel. feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it for me. Thank you. So that's the confluence point. What would Jesus do? WWJD. Oh yeah. yeah. Thank you. That that is rich. Now, um, three final questions for you will be who is someone who has or something that has influenced your life positively? Uh, I would say my siblings. Okay. My family. My family, especially from, and when I'm saying my family, my mom, my siblings, my sisters and I, we share a bond that I wish sisters could share. So the bond that we share is, I'm grateful to God. I look back. It is now that you can look back, especially when I was going through my divorce. So what has helped me and what is helping me is having a fantastic support system. And the number one person or the number one system that is stopping that chart is my family. Mm. I can't trade them for oh, anything. Well. Mm. Mm. So when people were looking for role models outside, my role models were right in my house. Right in my house. I, I didn't need to look past. Oh, and then my my sister's husband, me. <laughs> I don't want to talk, I don't even want to talk about him here. Because <laughs> That man taught me something else about being a father. Mm, mm. Bro, me was the one that literally really? paid my school fees. Wow. That's the word. Mm. I remember University of Lagos, people used to think I was the younger sister of Bro, me, and not Tolu Agiri. Because you would always hear me say, Bro, me, Bro, me, Bro, me. Before you hear sister, it's a long time. The only thing Bro, me didn't buy for me, maybe it would be undergarments, um. perfumes clothes mm. 
was giving me twenty thousand naira per month. Wow. The final year, as in, so there was before I cut, and then I used to do holiday jobs. Bro, me was the backbone of those holiday jobs. I started working from three hundred level. So instead of spending six weeks at home not doing anything, we say you can. You be the one to take me to the job and bring me back here. Wow. And they will pay me small money, you know. But so, my family, my family. I I don't I don't know what else to say. I mean, no, because we're all Christians. Yeah, that's rich. I mean, you don't have to say more than that. And I'm glad you have that in your family because not many people can really you know be bold about that because there's so many hurts and so many pain. And so many times. It's not as if we don't fight. Uh, no, no don't fighting is fine, of course, but it's healthy. Oh, you know, it's love. Yes. It's a bond. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. when you fight, you're drawing boundaries, which is not bad. You know, conflict is not always mm. bad. And mm. finally, finally, with everything you've gone through and all that you're involved in now, would you say you've come to a place of peace with yourself? Like, are you, would you say online guys have peace with herself? So, I, I also, like I said, results. Results. So people come to my house, you know, because I stay alone. And the first thing they sense is the presence of God and the peace of God. Peace is internal. Mm-hmm. It comes in out. You can't fake it. So of course, you know, so a lot of people ask me, even my siblings, look, are you sure you went through a divorce? And my divorce was not there. <laughs> Let's not, there's no divorce that is easy. Mm. Divorce is like they are cutting something that's been joined together. Mm. Into so part of you will go away with that. There, there's always bloodshed. Mm. You know, so by God's grace, with all submission to the Almighty God, I'm at peace with myself. Mm. I'm at rest. Mm. So I, I'm, I don't know. So a lot of people see it through me. So even before I open my mouth, you can sense it because it's something that you can sense. Or like it's an atmosphere that can be created. Mm. So by Thank God's grace, I have. Thank you very much for that. I'm doing all my questions and I deeply, deeply appreciate your um availing yourself of for me today and just the generosity of words and of course painting a very clear picture of your passion. I mean, I've seen your actions, I've seen your words, but it, it was very nice to see the behind the scenes, which I'm sure <laughs> no that privy to. And I, yeah. I thank you so much for, you know, doing that with me on the show today. Um, thank you. I love, I love what you do. I mean, it still explains why myself and T Dog still have you as us. <laughs> and so I highly encourage those that are listening. You know, whether you're married or you know, divorced or single. And but if you're curious to know more about sex, especially from a biblical standpoint, I highly, highly recommend a lying card to you guys. And I'm not saying that because you know um, she's on the show. No, we are actually paying her for our sex therapy, and I'm putting my mouth where my money is. And if I tell you that she's good, trust me, she's good. And if you're a part of the sex conference that I had in May, you can know that she's really, really good. She gives you lots of activities to do on your spouse. And I can't give so much away, but you know, it's doing a lot of wonders for us. So um, I think I'm finally, where can people find you? Especially if you want to talk about, if they want to book your services, then you know, Erota's Lounge and all that. Okay, so you mentioned it already. On Instagram, it's Erota's Lounge. On Facebook, is Erota's Lounge. So you can also send me an email, erotaslounge at gmail.com. And we will definitely just reach out to you. 
All right, guys. Thank you so much, Inga. So we've talked a lot about today, you know, her life story, her passion for teenage ministry, and also, you know, sex and her purpose in life and what keeps her going. If you loved any of this episode, don't forget to, you know, put a comment and share with your friend today. For the podcast to grow, more people need to hear it. And how can you do it? Just share it with somebody. You might think that it's not really a big deal. You never know. Because that person you shared it with, shared it with and share it to other people and then it grows dramatically. Dramatically. Uh, anyways, um, <laughs> <laughs> this was a fun time okay. with Inka today. Thank you all for being a part of this. And um, don't forget to you know email me or leave a comment until you have more questions. And there's plenty more episodes where this came from. As always, I remain your host and um, have a good day, guys, and talk to you guys later. Yay. Now, I'm going to stop this. Hey, listeners, this has been another episode of the Marcible Podcast. What do you think about today's episode? Do you have a question or feedback you'd love to provide? A suggestion for a future guest? We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram at Morsible or email us at talktomo at morsible.com. Your suggestion might just end up being featured on a future episode of the podcast. Cannot wait to hear back from you. Do visit our official website at www.morsible.com. That is www.mosibyl.com where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and amazing guests. Also, if you haven't already, just hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe. Leave us a rating or review as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and reaching more amazing listeners like you. We always appreciate your support. Thank you for always listening.